You're listening to the One Man and His Wilderness Podcast. On the show, we hope to not only give you a better understanding of how wilderness adventure shapes our belief and trust in Christ, but how it draws us into a deeper and intimate relationship with Him. On the show, you'll hear from leaders who are utilizing wilderness adventure to make disciples of young people around the world. So sit back and enjoy the perspective of one man and his wilderness. Here's your host, Paul Wingfield. Today's guest on the show is David Wildman. David's been married to his wife, Sarah, for 13 years, and they have one beautiful daughter named Fiona. David's been in full-time ministry for the last 10 years, five of which he served with Second Mile Adventures of Winona Lake, Indiana, and the Lord ultimately led him to starting his own nonprofit, Fully Packed Adventure Ministries. David also helped launch a young adult ministry with his local church, Brookwood Church. David loves to use the outdoors as a means to connect, grow, and worship together with the young people that he serves. He feels that outdoor ministry provides us ample opportunity to disconnect from the world and reconnect with our Lord and Savior. All right. David Wildman, welcome to the show, man. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me on. Man, it is, uh, it is, it is my privilege and my pleasure uh, to talk with you today. Uh, I kind of gave a little intro there uh, before we got the show started, but man, just t- tell our listeners a little bit uh, about yourself. I mean, what makes up the wild man, David? <laughs> the, the, living up to that last name has uh, always been a, a challenge. Uh, there's uh, definitely been a, um, hey, you know, Wildman will do it. His last name, he'll go jump off the cliff, he'll go do this, and so... Yeah, so adventure has kind of been in my in my blood for a long time. <laughs> Whether I wanted it or not, it was, the last name kind of gave it to me. So, um, but my name is David Wildman. Um, Thirty, going to be thirty-seven here in a few weeks. Uh, so, can't believe that's actually happening. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> realizing I'm not as young as I used to be, but I'm still young and still got lots of lots left in me. Uh, married, we've been married. 13 years now to uh uh sarah my wife uh we have one kid her our daughter and she's five years old and so uh we were just kind of a small small family but we're we're happy uh we consider our two dogs roxy and hurley as our kids too so (laughs) we're those type of people uh so uh brought up in uh, a little town called winona lake indiana uh, so for anybody that's trying to figure out where does that land in the state of Indiana, uh, if you look at Indianapolis and South Bend and just draw a straight line to the middle between those two points, uh, somewhere out there in the corn fields between those two cities uh, is Winona Lake, Indiana. And so it's kind of the crossroads of the northern part of uh, Indiana there. So um, family all has grown there. Um, uh, it's amazing when you people say, I've never met a person with the last name Wildman before. And I go, that's funny because I grew up in a town where it was all Wildman. The, the whole town is run run basically by Wildman. So, uh, so I grew up, that was just a natural thing. Lots of family, lots of uh, just a small town, Indiana. So um, the youngest of five. So I have an older brother and three sisters in between, and then there's me. So I was brought up by three sisters, uh, and they were tough as nails. They gave everything. <laughs> they gave it right back to you. If you went up and slugged <laughs> them on the shoulder, man, they would knock you on your butt kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, so grew, grew up with three sisters, grew up on the lake, spending time out on the lake, uh, doing the wakeboarding scene and yeah. doing all stuff with my brother and uh, so we just ran around the state competing, doing wakeboarding. Uh, and so, yeah, that was it. And this is where I'm at right now. So I currently live in South Carolina though. And we'll get into more of that. Like, how did you get from little Winona Lake, Indiana to upstate South Carolina kind of thing? So, yeah, yeah, man, that's awesome. I, uh, 
I've only wakeboarded a handful of times, but I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I remember yeah. um, a friend of mine talked me into doing, I was probably 12 or 13. Uh, and me being me, um, I, I go big or go home. And I, this is the first time I'd ever got up on a wakeboard and I hit yeah. the wake. I just tried to jump as high as I could. And I ended up just super manning in face planting in the water. And I forgot to let go. And the boat oh, yanked my shoulder. Oh my gosh. It, it, I don't know if it came out of socket or what, but um, <laughs> it hurt really bad. And that was a bad experience for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. I recovered. Thankfully, I recovered. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's really cool. So like growing up, uh, lots of brothers and sisters, um, yeah. man, like what, what was your childhood like? I mean, what was your uh, kind of your family dynamics? Did you grow up in a, in a believing home or, or what was that like for you? Yeah, we, um, parents were both very religious. Um, we went to Sunday church or we went to church on Sunday. Sorry, let me say that correctly. Uh, every Sunday, um, and one of the coolest thing, I think this really was the reason that I got into why I'm so drawn to adventure ministry is my parents have run a, um, we call it the ski trip. Um, they've been running that for 40 plus years now wow. where they took local youth and they drove them all the way out to Winter Park, Colorado wow. for spring break of a week of snow skiing or snowboarding and just being in God's word. And so mm. I think that's where it really started, whether I, whether it really sunk in or what throughout my childhood, <laughs> I don't know. So uh, that was kind of like, this is how I got to see outdoor activity and ministry kind of put together. And so they've just been quietly doing that for 40 plus years and they still do it to this day. I, I helped lead a five years of those trips, some of the most stressful years of my life, uh, yeah. ushering 50 plus high school students and 20 uh, volunteers across the country and buses. And yeah, it was, but it was exciting. It was fun. Uh, so my childhood was, yeah, we went to church. We did all those things. Um, I would say, and then also a little bit more of background from my family is that we are, one, two, three. I'd be the fourth generation of people that are in ministry. So we have like wow. three generations of mission missionaries. And then um, I'm the most, not the only one, but, you know, my generation is still carrying on that kind of thing. Wow. So, um, so cool. and again, not by choice. And we'll get to that. But I <laughs> uh, got has a sense of humor and he gets you there. So, um, so yeah pretty much up to sixth grade, loved God and was just, you know, always went to Sunday school, did the Wednesday evening, you know, whatever you want to call that. Um, Wednesday night, whether it was Awana's or just uh, Sunday school through fifth and sixth grade. And then somewhere around seventh and eighth grade, I just kind of, I would say more eighth grade was where, really where I started going, what is this thing? what is Christianity? You know, I kept doing it. I kept going to church. Um, but I would say if anybody had met me, they would have said that is not a Christian. Mm. He may have the, he may have the cover, so to speak. He's got the cover, the book cover going, but he has, there, are, there is nothing written on the pages. It is mm. blank. It can be, you know? Uh, so he, so I just kind of just, took that path for the next four years, four or five years of just, you know, putting up a good front, but, uh, on the weekends and throughout the week, just terrorizing kind of thing. So, uh, I'll leave that to the imagination of whoever's listening to this, <laughs> you know, typical high school student country. Uh, we had some fun, um, lots of acreage and lots of farmlands to go terrorize. And we, we did it. So, um, and then it was somewhere, somewhere where I realized I'm here in the Midwest. I'm 21, no, yeah, 21, and I'm working for the family business. I've dropped out of college. Uh, what am I doing with my life? I'm single, stuck in the Midwest, working for the family business. Not that I want to be doing that right now. <laughs> and that's kind of where I met, met my life or met my wife and where my life Mm. took a different tra trajectory and so that's kind of 
child so i sorry i went a little past childhood there (laughs) (laughs) up to college so uh but that would kind of get you the listener to understand that it was uh it was a good start and just hit a huge valley for a while there Mm. and then have been on a pathway back out so yeah now you said you worked for your family business now what what exactly was that uh so my this actually started with my grandpa um he came back from um world war ii he was a pilot um i I can't remember exactly what kind of pilot but he was he basically transported supplies and troops up and over uh, the mountains in china to the next location and so he did that for a long time and uh, he came back from World War II uh, and started a small um, dry cleaning business. And then my dad came along and started helping him with that when you know, he got married and he, uh, my dad took it from a dry cleaning to a uniform rental. Um, so if listeners were wondering what's uniform rental, if you see a truck that goes down the road that says Cintas on it or Airmark, yeah. Whatever those kind of things, that's the business that we're in. Uh, today, it was first called Wildman Uniform and Linen. And now today, if you Google it, it's called Wildman Business Group. It's morphed into, I think, five different companies now. So wow. Wow. they have a uniform rental. They have um, corporate apparel, like shirts and branding yeah. and all that kind of stuff. First aid and safety, paper products. And also, you the fan. Some of you might have seen this where they have a hamburger flipper with the logo, like team logos in it. Uh, it's called Sportula or Joe Journeyman the Puzzles. Uh, somehow we ended up with that business. I don't know how, but anyways, we have it. It's happening. <laughs> so if you go on like NFL.com and search Joe Journeyman and you see these puzzles, that's the Wildman business. You flip it wow. over and it'll say Wildman Business Group, Warsaw, Indiana, whatever it wow. is. So. Uh, so that's the family business. Uh, but when I was there working, it was still kind of like, is this business going to make it or not kind of mm, thing. So yeah. it's kind of, uh, they're working, just doing that. And uh, long, long stories of events that happened. I ended up, let's just say too much family in one location. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it was one of those like to this day when I when I wasn't there I was very angry, but to this day I look back and go I'm so glad mm. I still want to help in any way I can for that business and I always offer up my help to them and say you know whatever you guys need because they're very they very much want to give back mm. uh, and grow people in their relate their their walk with Christ and so. I don't know where this fits and where I fit and all that, but I'm always offering that up. Yeah. Like, I'm here whenever you guys are ready. I'd love to help in that aspect of the business or something. So yeah. we continue working through all that stuff. And so um, they keep working the hard hours and I keep doing the ministry. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, I understand that too. I worked for my dad for, um, well, this, this past year I just quit. I've been working, I've worked for him for 10 years. Um, and did ministry and did some other work on the side. Um, but I know what it's like to work for family. It's a, it's a challenging thing, uh, some, sometimes. So, um, and yeah, I I can understand and empathize there. Um, and so kind of moving along from, you know, working with this family business, like you're just feeling like, what am I doing with my life? Uh, you said you, you, you met your wife and then that's when your, your life kind of really just started um, in yeah. beginning, right? And then going on yeah. this, this other journey. So man, t- tell us a little bit about that about when you met your yeah. wife and how you met your wife. Yeah. Um, so I always knew of my wife. We grew up in the same town. Families knew each other. Um, she actually hung out with my the sister closest in age to me. They were the same age and they ran around together. Uh, I was just always that bratty little brother that <laughs> was always hanging around. And so I never really talked to her, but I knew who she was. She knew who I was. Uh, I ran with a different crowd than she ran. Uh, she was a cheerleader. She hates the fact that I tell people this. She was the senior varsity cheerleader. I was just the kid that did the wakeboarding thing and whatever kind of stuff. So, uh, 
so our paths just didn't ever cross. And then one day, uh, a buddy of mine hands me this note and says, hey, give this person a call, ask him on a date. I'm, he was actually heading off to um, overseas. He was a Marine. Wow. He was leaving. And he's like, I, I got no use for this. I'm leaving. So he hands me the number. I'm like, who is it? He says, oh, it's Sarah Gerke. Gerke is her maiden name. Um, I was like, all right, what the heck? You know, she said yes or no. I'll give her a call. It's the worst. And I hadn't talked to her probably since, I don't know when. I couldn't have told you the last time I had talked to her. And so I called her up. We went on a date. And yeah, now 14 years since that date, uh, <laughs> we're... Wow we're still together so uh it's not quite a high school sweetheart story but <laughs> yeah. kind of along those lines of like we knew each other through high school and stuff and so um but on the second day this is where my life takes a wicked hard right i would say a hairpin hard right like <laughs> back the other way um second day she just blurts it out hey are you going to be a man after christ and I'm like stunned, like <laughs> sitting in her apartment going, I, I don't know how to answer this other than I want another date. So I'm going to lie through my teeth and tell her, yes, I'm going to be a man after God, in which I do. And she's all, you know, happy and giddy. And I'm just like, I just flat out lied to this girl <laughs> so I could get another date. <laughs> and because uh, I wasn't, I wasn't living in that life. I believed in him. I knew who he was. I went to church, but I wasn't living a life for Christ. Yeah. I wasn't following him. And, and so that night I drive home from, uh, she lived in Fort Wayne. I lived in obviously in Winona Lake, 40 minute drive through the country, summer night, windows down. I'm just cruising through the country and it hits me. And I just have this conversation with God and I go, God, you know, use me. Mm. I just lied to this girl. Yeah, I am here. Use me however you want. Little did I know, like, mm. yeah, go ahead, use me. Uh, that's where he really just like totally destroyed my life, mm. and for a good way of like, all right, you're going to be my servant from here on out, and you're gonna do, you're gonna be my hands and feet, and we're gonna go on a journey together here. And from that day on, it just it's been a journey <laughs> of like highs and lows, but all great stuff, you know, for his glory. So, man, that's, uh, that's, that's amazing to, and start dating this girl. And on the second date, just man, come right out with this truth of like, listen, you're yeah. either going to be after Jesus or you're not going on dates with me. Yeah. Like, man, Hey, that is a good thing that you stuck with it. And whether you were lying or not, you found a good woman. So man, Hey, she's yeah. a, she's a saint. Um, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Um, so man, yeah. so you have this conversation, man, you're, you're, you're just leaving her house. You're just talking to God and having this heart to heart. Uh, and man, he just, in, in this powerful way says, you know, okay, yeah, you put your money where your mouth is, man. So what did yeah. that look like after that? As you, as you began to just kind of give yourself over to the Lord to, to do his will and to, to walk in a manner worthy to what he was calling you to. I think yeah. the question is, what was he calling you to? So what was the next steps for you? Yeah. Um, I really didn't know. I just kind of committed that and didn't really do anything about it though. Um, and so from that point on, we get engaged, uh, year later we get married um and this is the part that i didn't tell the listeners but this is what's where it gets really like rocky uh a year later i get fired from the family business my dad takes me to lunch and says we're just gonna have you go do something else for a while mm. like you're the lowest common denominator right now we just can't have this another person here so yeah. you go to figure out what you want to do well and so i was kind of like well, shoot, <laughs> I'm married and now no job. And mm. uh, that's where it's like, all right, well, I got to finish my degree. So I get into doing that. And while I'm doing that, I decide my dad starts this nonprofit called Second Mile Adventures. And it was just a group of good, good old boys that were just having some fun on bikes and uh, equipping each other and sharing the word. And 
And so I was like, hey, I'll help you do some paperwork part time and that'll get me through college. And so I did that, um, not knowing that like God's like snickering. (laughs) You're going my direction now, son. Uh, And so I finished my degree. And before I know it, I'm full time doing that, doing ministry. Um, And I would say. So I was five years with Second Mile Adventures, and the first two years were more like administrative for them, helping them, you know, get kind of set up administratively. And and then the last three were really like starting to do actual ministry, setting up teams of volunteers, equipping them, and then uh, and that's where the five year splits, and I come up with this I crazy you call it crazy uh whatever you want to call it idea of like let's start an adventure ministry chapter based nonprofit yeah. wing of this thing and they're like yeah no we're not going to do that <laughs> i was like what yeah. uh so because we had taken the ministry from you know a couple guys to full-blown we had five key trips and all of them were just maxing out waiting lists and i was like i don't know what else to do with all these people like (laughs) we have to figure out some way to set up little pockets where they can do replicate this thing and do their trips with you know break the groups into smaller groups kind of thing yeah uh and they're like no we don't want to do that Mm. and so i left and that's where God kind of convicted me and said, no, I said, you go and do it. I didn't say you make them do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, well, I'm supposed to go. You got to tell me where to go, God. And we kept hearing of Greenville, South Carolina. And I was like, I don't know where this place is. So we drove down we looked at it and I was like, all right, I guess this is the place we're going to be. We got mountains. We got, we're down in the South. We can pretty much do adventure stuff year round. I'm not a big snow guy, although I lived in Indiana. <laughs> I hate the snow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was appealed to me to be like in a climate in the winter where I can still be outdoors and stuff. And so, so we've been doing that for five years. We got a few chapters going right now. Um, this year's been unique in that COVID's kind of wiped out some things. So we're kind of just scrapping this year and uh hoping for the best and just i we i put everybody on the like just do whatever you can do for the rest of this year like don't try to plan big things because it's going to get ripped out from under you basically Mm -hmm. so do what you can get out connect with people you know grassroots ministry kind of thing one-on-one and so and so that's where we're at and then the side thing that's been happening is the Brookwood Church here in Simpsonville, South Carolina. I've been helping them with a young adults ministry, uh, the ages 18 to 29. And so that's been fun to work with them and just give them a place to connect and be Mm -hmm. a part of the church. And it's amazing when you do that, like they just show up. (laughs) Like all these people were saying they're disappearing. It's like, well, you just got to give them a place and they'll become your most valuable asset here. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And that's what we've been doing. So, so that's been awesome. So that's given me some opportunities to kind of start preaching and doing that, which mm-hmm. has been, a, I'm not a big, um, large group speaker. Sure. Uh, so that's really challenged me and I've gotten better at that. <laughs> so I used to be like, I would be sweating buckets if I walked into a room and there was like 50 people and I had to speak in front of them, I would just be like yeah. pouring sweat. Like, I don't know what to say now all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's yeah. That's a, a real fear for sure. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. So with this, um, with your ministry, I right, fully packed. Uh, yeah. What, through that time of you developing this and, and developing these chapters, um, kind of what was that process like as you were seeking out, um, I guess a leader for each chapter. Um, Mm -hmm. And how are you kind of walking with those guys and and equipping them? Yeah. Um, So uh, long back, backing up a little bit when I investigated this, um, I, I checked in with a organization called snowboarders and skiers for Christ. Uh, They're out of Denver, Colorado right now. 
but they have like deep roots into YWAM and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I asked them about, they do chapter based. And so I got some under basic understanding of how to kind of do this thing. And he just said, you're, it's going to be a lot of work, a lot of just conversations, a lot of just upkeep kind of thing. Mm, yeah. And so, um, so we went into it, like, we're not going to go chasing after people. We want people that are drawn to the ministry and want to be doing this. Yeah. Um, Cause I could have 10 people that I can sign up, but I'd rather have two that are full on dedicated and ready to do this thing. And so we went at it from that standpoint and man, God's just been bringing them and we've had a few already show up and, and walk away from it. Just life got busy for them and they just couldn't do it at that time. And which is fine. They still follow along. and They're still out doing what they're doing. Um, but we've been having, you know, the people that do show up, it's God has directed them to us. Um, and so that's made it a little bit easier um, in that they're, they're drawn to it and want to be there and want to be helping out kind of thing. And so, um, but it is, it, it's a challenge every day to be like, okay, you know, I got to follow up and get through everybody. And, um, and so that, that, that becomes a challenge in itself. So, uh, yeah, sorry, dog just busted in here. So. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> uh, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's been a journey, and I've learned so much just from those guys too. Just watching them walk mm -hmm. with people, their walk with Christ, it's grown me. So, um, it's it's kind of a twofold thing of like yeah. I get to grow as you are growing, kind mm -hmm. of thing. So, um, so they they bring new new life into my walk with Christ. So, yeah. Man, that's so good. And uh, I love like what you said. Uh, you said like you're you're not looking for people that just show up. You're like you're looking for those people that are, you know, taking those steps and are actively like pursuing this because like once they have that um, and just that motivation in their heart, like they're going to be a good leader. And I, and I think to the disciples, you know, when Jesus um, chooses his disciples, like he didn't choose these people that were, you know, high up in society. He didn't go after the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. He went after these, these men who were willing to obey and just willing to be there and, and, and recognized their need for a savior, recognized their need yeah. for somebody to pour into them. Um, yeah. And then look what, look where the church is today because of these yeah. 11, 11 men's faithfulness. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and you're, you're right. There are people that are going to walk away. There's, there's, we're going to have Judas's in ministry. Um, but are we, we still have to be willing to, to wash their feet as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so man, that's, that's super cool and super interesting. Um, so, so just tell, tell everybody a little bit about what your, your ministry does and what, yeah. what are you focused on. So, um, I fully packed adventure ministry is a chapter based ministry, but at the core of it is discipleship and giving, helping people, have a solid biblical foundation mm -hmm. and so the adventures are great but that those are only like a like a drop in the bucket of what the t entire organization's about uh we've been just gifted with a an amazing guy by the name of matthew allen um he is a pastor um he was a former missionary in honduras training up pastors down there uh, the, the guy is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the Bible. And so I've been able to spend time with him right alongside him. He teaches as he was writing and talking. And so, uh, it's just been amazing to, it's always a good time whenever I'm around him. <laughs> and so, uh, he helped us put together our, um, foundation book. And so we, we made the choice. Do we uh, take what someone else has already done and adapt it or put it in for our organization or do we create our own? And so we decided we're going to create our own material, which then spent. So the first year was just creating this material. Mm -hmm. We did no adventures. We did nothing. Yeah. We just simply set up the organization and prepared this material. And 
he, I mean, the material is great because it's broken up into four modules um, and it just walks you through from beginning, obviously creation, to what's the biblical narrative, to all the way to the point where, okay, now you're going to take all that and start your own personal ministry. What does it look like? You know, and here are examples in the Bible of what personal ministry looked like back then and how we can replicate that and not just try to wing it here. Mm-hmm. There's actual models in scripture that shows how we can do these things. And so, uh, so it's been, a we've been able to help kind of put together, um, this year we're obviously not going to do any of these. Uh, they're called residential leadership training. So we call them RLTs, uh, where we go to the chapter that and ask them, do you have one or two people that you feel could be, benefit from this and we'll spend an intensive weekend with them going through the foundation material. Mm. Uh, and then this year it's been a little rocky, but we're figuring it out. Uh, we just started online trainings. Uh, yeah. so Matt, Matt's been hopping on there and walking people through each one of these like different parts of the modules. And so we're going to get that online training going so that we build up a library of Matt teaching these modules and then chapter leaders can grab those yeah. or anybody yeah. for that or anybody that lands on our page can go, Oh my goodness, there's a, there's a video and someone actually teaching this. We can take that mm. and talk through this kind of thing. And so we're creating content for people in the adventure or ministry it doesn't have to be adventure. Right. Uh, but specifically our heart goes to those that are Bible loving outdoor enthusiast kind of people that want to take the two and put them together and be able to take those things and use them in their personal ministry, wherever Mm -hmm. they're at. And so, um, so we're still in its infancy here. Uh, we have a long ways to go, lots more to do. And, uh, I'm excited for the future of where this could go. Um, but if God only wants it to be as big as it, it is now, then that's what we'll be. Mm. you know it'll be beautiful but if he wants it bigger then we'll we'll figure it out along the way so (laughs) man i love your heart behind that just man that's uh a lot of humility there just yeah however whatever god wants it's his man that's uh that's a a great sign uh of just to be of a great leader so man i uh, commend you for that um as you're you're talking about you know you have your your um, fully packed adventure ministries that you've been uh, utilizing where people are coming and you're, you're taking them bike packing um, mm-hmm. and going on trips like that for extended trips, you know, treks, yeah. we call it a trek and hiking, but you know, a yeah. hundred miles, like you're going a long yeah. ways. Um, how have you taken your, your nonprofit here with fully packed and how are you starting to kind of um, merge that with your role with these young adults at your church? Um, yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. It's been a, it's been a process, I'll say, of like not getting caught up in the, you know, um, flashy programming Mm -hmm. church kind of thing. Uh, You, you get in there, you have access to all this stuff that you didn't at a nonprofit and you're like, oh my goodness, you're, (laughs) it's like someone just handed you a Red Bull and a, what are those pixie sticks? And you just are like, "Ah, I can't handle it anymore. Yeah, yeah, I got computers, I got rooms, I got lights, I got all this stuff I can do yeah. and use. And uh, so it's been kind of one of those like self-check all the time, like, hold on, we don't need mm-hmm. to make it so big. We can do amazing things yeah. just by teaching the word. And mm-hmm. uh, so we've been able to, this will be this this financial year. So we run October to, 30, or to September 30th. Um, will be our first year of like an actual sustainable young adults ministry at the church and kind of taking a little bit of some church stuff, uh, programming kind of things and adapting some outdoor ministry into it and pulling it in, but not making it so much like, oh man, it's all about outdoor ministry. Sure. Oh, it's all so much about church. Um, and so we have um, the two core main, core things that are happening for young adults uh, is Bible study on Tuesday nights uh, where they come and we kind of have a series that we're going through. 
and we're just teaching them basic biblical things. And so our process for them in those Bible studies is taking either people that are brand new to faith or still searching because we've had people walk through. This is what's blowing me away. Walk through the doors. I don't know if I really want this Jesus thing. Sit down and listen and months later go, I want my life to be that. Wow. And so it's been amazing yeah. to see, you know, just by teaching basics and kind of giving them a, like uh, a new fresh perspective on what God's mm-hmm. word really looks like is like, they just like, mm-hmm. I want that. Yeah. I didn't know that that was what that was. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's Tuesday nights. And so what we're doing is most people have a somewhat of a foundation, a concrete foundation poured uh, young adults is, we're, t- we're starting to build the walls of the house here, mm-hmm. the Lord's house for them and that they can live in and be surrounded and be protected by the Lord. And so we're building up these solid walls for them and that they're going to grow out as adults and continue to live in this house and strengthen this house and care for this house. And so, um, so if we, if we just simply do the glitzy glamorous thing, then we're, we're simply just basically building them a yurt that's not going to sustain it kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yurts are cool, but you can't <laughs> live in a yurt right. all, all of life. And so um, sorry to all those tiny home people that are <laughs> listening right now. <laughs> yeah. I just thought about that. Uh, uh, so uh, anyway, so we – and then the other part of it is this five weeks – Every six months, we're going to do a five-week uh, discipleship training where they're going to not only – they still go to the Tuesday night thing, but they're going to come over here on Wednesday nights and do this discipleship thing and use the Tuesday night as their means to practice what they're learning. Mm. Inside that discipleship part is a outdoors element of taking them and, you know, immersing them in God's creation where they can yeah. sit and listen and practice that same model that Christ practiced. I'm going to mm-hmm. go and I'm going to retreat and then I'm going to come back kind of thing. And so helping them understand discipleship isn't about grinding it out. Mm-hmm. It's about retreating, filling up your cup with the Lord and then coming back and uh, giving that back to the people that you're entrusted with. Yeah. Uh, Cause if you just keep, you know, just keep hitting the pavement and pounding the pavement and grinding away at it. Well, what does grinding do? It grinds you to mm. next to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll be ineffective. You'll be worn out. And so helping them see that. And so they're going to get to practice this and then pull people in, new people as they meet them at work and school and wherever they're at. And so our objective is to, at 30, hand them off into the church mm-hmm. as effective church leaders, adult leaders in the church. So stopping the cycle of triage and starting to fill it back up with people that are going to be growing your church versus yeah. coming in going, I, I've i just wasted my 20s and I'm 30 or 40 mm-hmm. and I need help, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my life's a wreck. <laughs> Kind of thing, and so that's what we want to stop doing. We'll always yeah. have triage; it'll never go away. Yeah, but we need more people to help with the triage than we mm-hmm. do. Of, than we than the opposite side where sure. we have more triage and not enough people to help. Sure. We're overwhelmed, kind sure. of thing. So, man, I uh, I love your heart behind that, and I love how because a, a lot of times. Um, man, when there's like, uh, when there's not that intentionality, intentionality, like you have, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, you know, nonprofits or, or, or parachurch ministries can often uh, get to that point where they get so big that they're just kind of having to maintain themselves and what mm-hmm. you're, what you guys are doing. And which is what I think the parachurches were kind of created for is to help be a conduit to say like, Hey, no, we're going to give to the local church. We're going to, we're going to play yeah. our part, do what God has equipped us to do. And we're going to give back and serve the local church through yeah. how he has equipped us. And I love how you're doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, Cause a lot of times they can be seen as uh, kind of competing against one another and yeah. you're, you're hand in hand with them. And I think that's yeah. praise the Lord, man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and one thing that you had talked about, uh, the other day when we were just kind of conversing um, is that's actually a pretty 
um, that's, that's a core value of yours is you're searching out chapter members, right? Yeah. Your chapter leaders yeah. is, uh, is that they have to be connected to a local church, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and t- tell everybody what you do. Like you, yeah. when, yeah, go ahead. We, we try to do our best at this, but, um, so if someone, if anybody's listening and you feel like, Hey, that sounds like something I want to do. I want a network of people. I love the outdoors. I love the Bible. I want to do this. Uh, it's not as simple as just calling us up and going, I'm in, you know, and we're like, sweet, come along. You know, uh, there is a little, there is a process to this. You know, we, uh, we have a great conversation up front. We talk and, you know, just general conversation. Then I hand them our handbook, which explains our, uh, our acronym that we use, uh, reps, reach, equip, partner, send. And it goes through, this is what you're going, this is what you're getting yourself into, just so you know. So if you get to the end of the handbook and you're still enthusiastic about it, uh, there's an application in the back of it. Fill out that application, send it into us, and then we'll do a board interview. But in that application, there's a, uh, what is your local church and who is your pastor? We're going to call and verify this kind of thing. And so, um, while this is a good thing, it's been a tough, we had one tough scenario where we actually had to say not right now to a person. And that was the worst conversation I've ever had to have of like, they were so on fire for Mm -hmm. this and they wanted to do it. And we were just like, just, there's just too many red flags right now. Like, um, so let's, we gave them the, we, if we, if we come up against that, what we do with someone is we say, Hey, we want to spend a year with you. Yeah. And we want to walk you through our stuff. We don't want to say no. We we just want to spend some more time with you and get to know you guys a little more, walk you through this material, let you guys kind of, what do you think about this stuff? And then we'll reevaluate in a year. And so um, more often than not, they say no and they move along. But uh, but yeah, so we, uh, we, we, dev- we double check on their uh, local church and we want, we want them if they don't have a source because we can't always be there for them. Yeah. Uh, so they have to have a source of a good community of believers that are surrounding them, encouraging them and equipping them. So uh, we rely heavily on them being an active member in their local church to sustain them doing a fully packed adventure ministry yeah. chapter. Because if we strip the local church away from it, then that person is relying on us mm-hmm. and that's not what we're, that's not what we're here for. We're yeah. here to um, pull people from where they are and get them plugged into a local church. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to do. And so we want to support the local church, yeah. not, not replace it at yeah. all. Yeah. That's so good, man. I think it speaks to your, just your heart for shepherding people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's our biggest desire as leaders of others, especially as we, um, and it's kind of sad to say this, but it's like, especially as disciple makers, like all of us should be disciple makers, but the vast yeah. majority of the Western church doesn't focus on making disciples. Um, yeah. that's a sad thing to say, but yeah. you know, at the, at the heart of that is having a heart to shepherd somebody towards Christ and towards a deeper and more intimate and abiding relationship with Christ. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's in your vetting process, man. That's uh, yeah. that's a, that's an, an amazing thing to see. And uh, I hope that as our listeners, uh, maybe even our listeners are uh, kind of in the same boat as you, maybe they have a, a nonprofit that they have, or maybe they're wanting to start one. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that they'll take that from you and, yeah. uh, and, and use the same thing there as well uh, in their vetting process. Yeah. Um, man, that's, uh, that's so cool, man. Before, before we go on here, uh, I like yeah. to, I like to ask people, um, and what is one experience that stands out in your mind? Um, could be a, your own experience. It could be an experience of, of, of another person that you were guiding on a, on yeah. a bikepacking trip or uh, any kind of just wilderness trip. What is one experience that stands out in your mind uh, as just a, as a moment where somebody where the switch was flipped in their mind and they were just, they just realized, Oh man, like this is what God has done for me or this is yeah. what he helped get me through. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's really like one yeah. scenario. Um, uh, but so I hate to be the person that answers it this way because you asked for one scenario, but I'm going to give you lots. That's okay. Uh, it, it, 
this happens every time we do one of these trips. Um, we, they come out here just like guns a blazing. I've been trained for this. I'm so ready, you know, kind of in that selfish mode of like, mm -hmm. I'm ready to make sure everybody knows that I am the best writer here and I'm going <laughs> to crush it kind of thing. Uh, and just so the listeners know, we're all for all outdoors, not just riding, but uh, we just happen mountain bike, you know, it ends up being the thing and anybody does. So uh, if you're a hiker and you want to do it, we, we accept all uh, outdoor enthusiasts. Um, anyway, so uh, it's somewhere around like the first or second night where they see this, um, they see servanthood displayed to them that they start moving from I'm selfish to, wow, I just like that wrecked my, my world. Like I just watched uh, men serve each other throughout an entire trip, whether it just be stopping when someone has a flat instead of going, Hey, good luck. We'll meet you at the top. You know, like three people just dumped everything they were doing and, you know, fixed the bike and moved mm -hmm. along or, Hey, someone was suffering. When they come into camp, we all just jump in and we start helping put up the tent for them, ask them to sit down. We'll grab you a meal. We'll cook you. We'll warm some water for you so you can uh, get your nice, delicious mountain house meal prepared. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just those, you just start seeing all these little light bulbs happening mm -hmm. for everybody. Like, that's what this trip's about, you know? And by the end of it, they're just so, I want more of that that was so much fun to be around people that want to champion my champion, me and champion mm -hmm. other people and not just put our heads down and grind out miles kind of thing. And so, yeah. uh, one, so I'll do this twofold. One experience that really just rocked my world happened for me actually. Uh, so I'm 10 years into ministry and, uh, God still continues to, uh, uh, challenge me and open my mind to new things. And so uh, there was a person that showed up on our most recent trip that I was just like, man, Lord, you really had to put that person on this trip, right? That man made my life just rough for a lot of years. And now he's going to be on this trip. <laughs> and uh, so I was just, you know, really wrestling with that. And I just came to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to swallow my pride. I'm just going to try to engage as much as possible. Whether it's just a simple hi, you know, how's your day going, whatever I'm doing. And so I did that. And I, and more or less, I don't say I did that. The Lord pushed me and challenged me to do that. Let's back up and say that because that's what happened. And so I'm driving home from the trip and the last person I ever expected to text me was that person. I got home, I looked at my phone and that person had texted me and said, this is like the first time I've ever received a message from him of like, thank you. That was a great time. I'd never received anything from that. There was always criticism. It was always mm -hmm. rebuking. It was always a challenge. And they just simply said, thank you for a good time this weekend. Had a blast. You know, and I was just, man, God, you continue to still mm -hmm. amaze me and challenge me and push me out of my comfort zone. And yeah, so it's been like, don't ever think that you're not going to, you're going to continue to learn things no. as you, you see people learning things. And so, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's, when you can get people away from things and in creation and you start serving them. It's like all the stuff that the world has been pushing them and telling them they they have to do just starts like slowly drifting off and they become this person that's more willing to receive all those things and receive yeah. what God has been trying to put in their pathway kind of thing. And so. Yeah, that's so good. That is so good. I love how, uh, how, how God continues to teach us. Like there's no point yeah. that we just arrive. Right. And we, oh, yeah. we, we got it all like, yeah. no, man, we're, <laughs> we're always learning. And, uh, yeah. I love, I love that so much. Yeah. Um, well, David, before, before we hop off here, man, how can, uh, how can people get a hold of you, whether they want to yeah. follow your ministry more, whether they want to come and, and, and be a part of what you're doing? Um, how can they find you? Yeah. 
Um, go to foleypacked.org. Uh, that's F-U-L-L-Y-P-A-C-K-E-D.org. Uh, you guys can message us through there. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. It's at F-P-A-M-U-S-A. Um, or you can follow me personally, and you can send me direct message. Uh, my Instagram is at David Wildman, but it's Wildman is spelled W-Y-L-D-M-A-N because apparently everyone loves that as a as a nickname, Wildman. So I had to use Y instead of I. So David Wildman with the Y. So uh, and then yeah, just uh, connect that those ways. We're we're on social media a lot, so just follow along and just join us on the journey. And then uh, if anybody's wondering what is chapter-based ministry or outdoor ministry and they want to know a little more about that, uh, find us. You can get on the website and request our material, and we can send it to them, and they can kind of get a snapshot into what does it look like. And then we'd love to have – we love having – phone conversations or person to person if we're near somebody um, and just getting to talk to them and share with them and help them uh, realize you, anybody can do this. Mm. If you believe in God, then anybody can do personal ministry, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so just stripping it down to such simple, basic steps and getting going kind of thing. So, yeah. Now I'll, I'll be sure and uh, add all of those contact points in the show notes uh, for you listeners now, and you can just uh, I'll link it right to him, and you guys will be able to click and click and go. Yeah. Um, man, David, thank you so much for your time today, man. I'm yeah. uh, I'm excited about your ministry. I'm excited about what the Lord's doing there, uh, and I'm excited to see where He takes you guys from here. It's, uh, it's yeah. really cool to see what you're doing, man. I'm really encouraged yeah. by that. So wow. I appreciate thank your you, time. Sir. Yes, thank you for having me on. Uh, great conversation and any other time you you need someone to fill a spot just holler at me I, I love these conversations and we can talk around anything you want so, uh, so that'd be great absolutely man well man I, I appreciate your time today and hope you have a good weekend with your family yeah. and uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, connecting soon all right thanks Paul. All right. take care see ya Thanks for listening to the One Man in His Wilderness podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today and were encouraged by our friend's story and ministry. Be sure to head to our website to check out the show notes for today's episode. And for more content directed at church leaders, you can find us at www.pauljwingfield.com. And if you could do us one favor before you leave, go ahead and subscribe to our show so you can be notified every time a new episode airs. Until next time, we hope you'll go out and find your wilderness. Thank <laughs> you.